Today, we're bringing to you another one of our Facebook archives interviews. And so this was one of my favorite ones. This was with my friend, Kathy Kang. She's a writer, speaker, coffee drinker, and a yoga teacher. She is incredible, and she's also really funny. And she's written a book called Raise Your Voice, Why We Stay Silent and How to Speak Up. And I thought this was a good one for this season that we're in, in our country, to realize how to use our voice and how to disagree well with others. So in her book, Raise Your Voice, she wants to challenge and encourage everyone to find and use their influence to bring about the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And you can order her book where books are sold. So here's Kathy Kane. You're listening to Sounds of Justice, a Be The Bridge podcast. Hello, everyone. Um, this is Latasha Morrison. I am the founder of Be The Bridge, and we are here tonight again. And this time we have another friend of mine. I have some wonderful friends. Like, <laughs> like this is amazing. Like, all my friends are, like, writing books and doing stuff and doing big things in the world and changing the world and whatnot, you know? <laughs> but anyway, I have a friend. Um, Kathy Kang is on here live with us tonight. Um, I have Tiffany. Tiffany actually is a, a Vita Bridger, and she also served with Kathy on her launch team, so she's here tonight. And so we have Kathy's book here, and it is called Raise Your Voice, Why We Stay Silent and How to Speak Up. And uh, one thing I know about Kathy is that she knows how to speak up. <laughs> and, and, but let me tell you one thing I want you to know about Kathy. She is one of the most genuine, sweetest, kind people that I know. And let me tell you about this. I met Kathy. Where did we meet Kathy? Was it um, Youth Specialties? Yes. We we knew each other from online. We have seen each yes. other online. And yes. I, I'm going to tell you, these online relationships... Um, I have several like friends for life that I've met online. I mean, some incredible people, um, that I've met online. So online is not all bad is how you use it. And so we met in real life, <laughs> um, at a youth specialties conference that both of us, we were speaking, um, at, and then, uh, got to know each other there. And I think it was so hot. I think we were in San Diego, right? Yes. It was hot. Oh my goodness. I San Diego in October. So coming from Texas, <laughs> I have been that hot. forward to not having the heat. Like, right. it was like, this is San Diego. It's going to be California weather. You know, it's October. You know, I can maybe get um, a scarf on or something. In San Diego. <laughs> like the average is supposed to be about in the 70s, right? Right. The week I so there, hot. It was hotter than Texas. It was like 98 degrees, like record highs. Um, I bought those little Tom booties, you know, the little suede booties. Yeah, and I remember. my feet were crying a river, <laughs> a river of sweat. <laughs> and so Kathy went with me to the mall to try to candles because I'm just going to tell you, I don't like for my feet to be hot. Like, you will, you will only see me in sandals. In the summertime, I just can't. My, if my feet is hot, everything is hot. 
that was our adventure adventure we had. And then um, I was invited to a an event in Chicago. And, oh, that's right. Yeah, and Ka- you forgot about that, Kathy. You remember? You know. <laughs> There are just so I was many invited crazy. to it. Yes, I do remember that. It also was hot. Yes, <laughs> in but Chicago. I stayed with you. Do you remember that? Yes, you did. I, yeah, yeah, and I should have brought my, the mug. Keep yeah. Austin weird mug. Yes. yes. Um, Kathy knew I was coming up, and um, she she said, "Hey, if you don't have a hotel, you know, you're welcome to stay with me." And she just opened up her home to this person she just met online and at a conference. <laughs> And I gladly took her up and stayed yes. with her. Yes. <laughs> and had time and met her family and everything. So um, th- that's how um, d- these online conversations can really turn into friendships. And we have Tiffany here. And Tiffany, is great to have you here. And I know Kathy's um, great, um, is excited about her um her launch team. And so we're going to just go ahead and get started. But I did want to go over um, just... So those of you who are just tuning in and maybe you've never heard of Kathy and you have no idea who she is and you don't follow her online, or maybe you follow on her line, but you're going to get to know a little bit more about Kathy Kang. And so um, she's an activist. Um, um, Her roots and her voice and her identity are in the image of God because God created us in in our ethnicity and gender, our voice and uniquely expressed them through the totality of who we are. We are created to speak and we can both speak up for ourselves and speak up for the, on behalf of others. And I know Kathy embodies that. And, and then it says, be silent no more. If you have wondered when and how to speak, to hear God's invitation um, to you to find and steward your authentic voice, whether in word or in deed, to communicate the good news in a messed up world, as you discern God's voice calling you to speak, you will discover how your voice sounds as you impress God's heart, as you express God's hearts to others, and the world will hear you loud and clear. And so um, this is, and so this really shows you when, when Kathy's speaking online, um, this is not her just frivolously speaking, um, but this is her using the voice that God gave her to speak truth um, into dark places. And I think um, getting, getting a deeper understanding of the person helps you understand um, just her as a whole and why she wrote an entire book <laughs> for this. Okay, so um, thank you guys for bearing with us in that introduction. And so I want to just dive right in. Kathy, are you ready? Yes, I am. Bring it. We just kind of go with the flow. She likes to go with the flow. I do. You remember I go with the flow? We went on a tour of Philadelphia. Yes. Yes. That was super fun. That That was was super fun. fun. Yes. Kathy wanted me to see Philadelphia when we were just at an event. And we went on a break. (laughs) (laughs) It was a break. (laughs) We went on a break um, to tour Philadelphia, but one thing she was not having, she was not going to go on a, hus- a horse and buggy ride with No. Me. She said no. <laughs> no. But anyway, in your book, you give 
story examples and how you have raised your voice in past jobs. Um, can you share some of those examples? Because I think this, these are some practical things um, for us as bridge builders to understand, like, you're not just raising your voice online, but how do you embody right. in your real life, you know? Right. What well, you know, actually, I mean, we had talked before going live, but there's there's a more recent example that happened at home. So I have um, three kids, a 22-year-old daughter, 19-year-old son, and a 16-year-old son. And so the two boys are home for the summer, and um, uh, Corbin, my 19-year-old, was talking to me about um, some things with his friends and you know, relationships and friendships and all that kind of stuff. And at one point he used a phrase that's pretty common amongst um, teenagers, uh, um, bros before, and it rhymes. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the, the other, the girls version, which is fries before guys. Okay. I can do that. But the other one, rose before and I, and he said it. And, you know, as a, as a parent and as a mom of teenagers, um, they don't always willingly talk and share what's going on in their lives. You really want to kind of be there and be present. And I had to decide very quickly whether or not I was going to stop him in mid story and correct him or just let him, you know, tell me the story. And I just, I couldn't let it go. And I just said, Hey, hey you know what? We need to back up and we need to talk about that phrase you used. I know that you use that phrase. I've heard, you know, teenagers, I see it online. It's not okay. Mm. And it's one of those things that as a parent, I think I could have easily let go and decided, you know what, I'm going to pick that up later. And I'm going to talk to him about that later. I just want to have this mother-son bonding moment. Mm. And I may have remembered later, maybe not. There are a lot of things I've <laughs> forgotten. Um, but I think that is a good example of what it means to kind of be ready in the moment for these conversations that um, it can happen at any time. And it did. I mean, we were on our way out of the house and you just have to decide, you know what, I'm going to stop this conversation. We're going to go over why that's not okay. And, mm -hmm. you know, Hey, you know, what's going on in the world right now, right? <laughs> Me too, church too. Like, you know, what's going on. We need right. to think about that. So, yeah. It's real life. It's not the glamorous, you know, like online kind of stuff. Right, right. And I love, um, you know, I think we were together one time and you were telling me this story um, just in the height of everything that's been happening, um, just just with a lot of people of color, mm -hmm. um, just in public places where yes. you're seeing um, just an uptick in a lot of the racial aggression. Yes. And so I know recently you were with your family somewhere yep. and um, someone lashed out at you in front of your children. Yep. And um, I want you to just describe how you handled that situation and, um, and, and why you handled it the way you did um, right. in front of your children. Yeah. So we were in line at a fast food restaurant at a um, at an oasis because we were on a road trip. And um, this 
older white gentleman decided that he didn't need to stand in line and just cut in front of us and um, proceeded to actually engage me and kind of mock my initial shock. And it was as if he was waiting for me to do something. And I could tell my son did not want me to engage, right? It's just, you know, like, mom, just let it go. And at that moment, again, it was one of those things where I realized, yeah, I could let it go and turn the other cheek. Um, But I just said, sir, there's a line and you can go stand behind me and all these other people. That would be fine. And he proceeded to um, engage in some very racial terms about, you know, that I should go back to where I came from and that, you know, rules for him and me are different. And, um, and (laughs) there was a moment where I just had to take a breath because I've seen these things, these types of inner actions and altercations, you know, posted online. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is really happening to me. And so I grabbed my phone and I kind of stumbled and was able to pick it up so that I could um, start recording him. And I said, sir, you know, that is inappropriate. It's unacceptable. What did you just say to me to get it on camera? And, um, and I think part of the reason why I decided to do that was that um, because these types of altercations and interactions are becoming more public and more prevalent, I wanted to show my son um, it's okay. <laughs> and it's actually important, even though you don't know whether or not someone is going to come to your aid or support you. And eventually there was a younger white man who did, and he did exactly what folks say you need to do. You you physically put yourself in between. And, um, and he was addressing me at first, you know, ma'am, are you okay? Is there anything I can do? And it was textbook. And then he turned to the gentleman and, you know, tried to kind of make him move physically away from me. But it was also one of those things where I I also wanted my sons to see that even I, as a smaller woman, um, and, and much smaller compared to the gentleman who was much taller. And there were, and there also was this line of people behind us who said nothing, who did nothing that, uh, that there, his mom, my son's mom, like he could see his mom standing up to this. And even though I was scared, I was obviously shaking and nervous that it was also important, um, not to let that pass. Mm. Because, in part, there were so many people just standing there, mm. not doing anything and not saying anything to this man who was being very obviously racist. Wow. Um, and I, and I, I have no regrets of that moment. I just, I needed my son to see that it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that's, you know, we hear these stories and we see these stories online, but when these things are happening to mm-hmm. people that you know and that right. you love and that you are in relationship with, it makes it 
even more real, you know, it's like that, that empathy and that level where, you know, just because you don't see it it happening doesn't mean um, it's not happening. What would you do? Like, if this is the situation that Kathy described, you know, would you be the person that did it the right way, you know, make sure that she was all right, put their self in between um, and make sure she was all right and then address the situation. But there was a whole line of people that just stood there and, you know, and I think that's something when, because I think people stand there because they don't know what to do mm-hmm. or how to do it. And so right. this is the perfect example for, you know, um, your book. And I think it probably the, the reason why you wrote this book. And I know Tiffany has a question um, for you. And Tiffany, you can um, ask your question. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Um, I, I loved this book. Um uh, maybe not because I need encouragement to speak, but I need, um, I need to be remembered, be reminded to rein it in. (laughs) And I loved how you talked about being, um, not speaking up and just being disruptive for the sake of being disruptive, but remembering that our goal is to bring the gospel into our conversations with people. And hopefully God uses us to transform them. Um, I was hoping you could share a little bit more about discerning, um, when to speak, whether it's in real life or online, uh, there are different people that you might maybe feel that you you have a, a good chance to, to work with them. Right. And then there are some people that you might feel like, I just don't think this is the right time with this person, or maybe this isn't my battle with this person. Right. I right. have a hard time telling the two apart. Yeah, I do too. Sometimes. Um, and it's just as difficult in life as it is online, right? So online, the saying is don't feed the trolls. And sometimes it's kind of fun to feed the trolls. I'm going to confess. Um, and, and sometimes it's, um, it's fun, um, because part of it is, uh, trying to see not only can you engage that person, but can you engage the audience, right? It, who's listening in. And I, um, I, and I think I write about this, but I have found in my real life, part of it is that it is a discipline and it's a practice. I don't go into what I'm doing, whether it's online or in person, without having been in prayer and being in discernment all along about understanding not only the power of my voice, but also the power of my silence. Mm. And so we're going to get it wrong. We are going to get it wrong. And I don't think there's an easy formula to getting it right all the time. Mm. But I think part of it is remembering, I see this as part of our discipleship. When we talk Mm. about discernment, it's not just, oh, is, do I take this job or this job? (laughs) (laughs) It's um, in this moment, what is the Holy Spirit inviting me into? Mm -hmm. Am I supposed to say something? Am I supposed to do something? Or am I supposed to just listen? And I think that is all of it, right? It's that's Mm -hmm. whole life discipleship. It's not just about how do you raise your voice in a given moment? And here's the formula. It's how are we living our lives on a daily basis? Mm. And we're going to get it wrong. 
That's good. I know you talk about um, how culturally, if we look at culturally, you being from a more collective culture and um, more of a what we would we would call a sh- um, shame culture. You know, mm-hmm. how does that play into? Um, how does that silence us? So when you talk about the stereotypes that people have for minorities, especially you know as an Asian American, like right. how how does that play out? Um, in silence and you and everyone, you know? Sure. So I'm Korean American and, um, uh, and you know, Tasha, as a black woman, right there, Mm -hmm. we code switch all the time. And you learn that in certain circumstances and certain situations where going to be received better if we speak a certain way, um, present ourselves a certain way. And, um, and I was told and learned right at school, you're supposed to raise your hand, but don't raise it too many times. Cause then you're like a brown noser and yeah. trying to be a teacher's pet. And then in the workplace, you're supposed to be more aggressive and assertive, but as a woman, you need to be careful because that doesn't always mean you're a leader. It could just mean that you become labeled as being aggressive or abrasive, right? So I think those were all coming into play. And then I found um, not only in the newspaper world, which is what I was doing before I went into vocational ministry in both spaces, to do diversity training, um, we would often speak in generalizations and sometimes even stereotypes. And Mm -hmm. there is kind of that one stereotype and archetype of Asian Americans being uh, less assertive or less aggressive in different situations, social situations. And, you know, you know, Tasha, you and we've interacted in person. Mm -hmm. I, I'm pretty outgoing. I open my mouth and I insert foot. And, um, (laughs) but then there are also times where I realize I cannot get a word in edgewise. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I mean, people say I think quickly on my feet, but in a room of white male leaders, there are times where I'm like, I can't get a word in edgewise because y'all are talking over each other, interrupting each other. And so, I have found, um, and, and then they don't necessarily look at me as a leader, right? Mm. I have often been in ministry situations, been mistaken as somebody's wife mm. and asked about that. Um, it's been assumed that my husband is the one in ministry, you know, all those types of social norms that we're still trying to break through. And so I have found one that my speaking up uh, literally can throw people off Mm. because they're not expecting me to talk about Black Lives Matter. They're not expecting me to um, weave in theology as well as practical experiences as a mom Mm. and uh and they're not expecting maybe the anger that Mm. sometimes i bring with my passion and desire for clarity and so i think those are all of the things that come into play and i think everyone is wrestling with that but particularly for me as a korean american woman i have found that um 
that there are people who are uncomfortable with my emotions. Mm -hmm. They don't know what to do when I start crying. They're not really sure what to do when they hear my anger. And they're also not sure what to do sometimes, period. One, because they've never seen a Korean-American woman teach or preach, right? So all of those things, I think, come mm. into play. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. You mentioned your husband. <laughs> <laughs> and I had an opportunity to meet your husband. Uh, he is hilarious. So, <laughs> um, But, you know, how, how does your... your and I, I just, I love um, just what I had an opportunity to witness and yeah. how you support each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how does he support you in this work that you're doing? You know, because I know like for some people culturally, um, right. they wouldn't see this, you know, right. Korean American man, you know, yep. Um, yep. but I know like his support of you and, and, and actually like, you know, his humor in this also too. So, yes. yes. Yeah. So that you got to see him and you got to see us together, which not many people get to see. I mean, he doesn't travel with me. He's not doing and called to do the same work in the same way. So, I mean, one way he supports me is that while we're talking, he picked up dinner and (laughs) is, you know, keeping the boys quiet in the other room. And he actually walked in and like sat in the corner and was watching me talk <laughs> with you all. And I was like, get up, don't be weird. Um, but he's, I know it was kind of weird sitting in the corner. I was like, um, but in other ways, I think um, it, the ways he, in which he supports me, he is often my sounding board. Mm-hmm. He's the one who can calm me down when I am riled up and not thinking straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also the one I know is praying for me while I'm doing this work, whether it's on the road or in person or online. Mm-hmm. And he makes space for me in our marriage in a way that probably is, well, I can say, it's not what I would have expected. I did not anticipate marrying another Korean American because I had lots of other cultural hangups as well. Um, and and knowing that he's 100% supportive has meant the world to me uh, because it's yeah. meant that it's taking more and more space and needing for us to figure out what this means. Wow. Um, that my ministry is also much more public now than it was 20 years ago when I first went into vocational ministry and with the book and this kind of stuff. Um, There's a lot of ego checking. And I think that's also in the work of raising your voice is that you have to know what God is calling you to. And not be in this kind of comparison thing of, I don't have a book or I have a book and it's not doing as well as so-and-so, or I have so many followers and I want this many followers. Like that, that is not the work God is calling us to. And I think that is what uh, Peter, he models in our marriage is that we're called to very different work and using our skills in very different ways. And how do we support that? Because we'd be butting heads all the time over stupid things, which we still do, 
I mean, we're married, so we're going to fight about stupid things, but, <laughs> but yeah. And he keeps your teeth looking nice too. Also. Yes, he does. <laughs> Cause he's a dentist. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, one of the things, you know, when we're talking about raising your voice and I think a lot of us, um, We've experienced this in some kind of way that this work, especially the work that we're in, um, mm-hmm. you, it's going to cost us, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, it can cost you relationally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know some people, they don't have the relationship like you and Peter have. And mm-hmm. so um, in their marriage is costing them um, because mm-hmm. maybe one person sees one way and the other person sees a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in what ways when you talk about, um, in what ways has, has this cost you and what advice would you give to people where speaking up, you know, maybe in, on their job or um, in their church or in the boardroom has really cost them mm-hmm. um, in, in this, you mm-hmm. know, are they, to, you know, and sometimes the a lot of times the cost is to silence them. So mm-hmm. what, what type of advice would you give someone that's in that situation? Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, you're going to go into it alone because you were not expecting the situation and you're blindsided by something that comes up. Um, and in those cases, I would say try and find um, your allies and advocates quickly. Mm. Um, and, um, and also, uh, Guard your heart. I think I have um, been in spaces and situations where bitterness is really easy, yeah. really easy. It's super easy. And um, I, I think it's, again, um, kind of practicing in your mind the, the scripts that you have, the things that are important to you, and what would you do in those situations? And I think particularly in the workspace, we know the dynamics in our workplaces and with our colleagues. And so I don't think it's too crazy to think and imagine what those conversations might be that are going to be problematic. Um, And sometimes we know ahead of time what's on the agenda at a meeting and you can see right away like, oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a hard one. Um, And how will you prepare for that, right? It's, if it's a work situation, I think that there are plenty of opportunities to plan ahead, pray ahead, Um, role play and practice in your head the conversation or how you're going to approach that situation at work. And I think um, for me, it has um, cost uh, moments what I thought was um, what was important, right? Reputation. Uh, It's hard to be labeled as a troublemaker, it's not fun. I mean, mm-hmm. Tasha, you and I can joke about it, right? Yeah. Because we've been invited into spaces to be specifically that person, mm-hmm. right? We are being asked to say the things that other people don't want to say. Mm-hmm. And we're being asked to say the hard things that come from people of color. And mm-hmm. so we know that, but that's not easy. right? And it takes a toll, I think, on understanding who we are as whole people. And I think mm-hmm. um, it has been easy at times to think that I am going to be that token mm. 
and weighing the cost, knowing that there is a place for us to speak into those white spaces mm-hmm. and be honest and um, and be that troublemaker. It, but it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's it's messy, you know, yeah. because when we look historically, you know, when those who have spoken up, it it, it did cost them their reputation, yes. Yes. and in some cases, it has cost lives. Yes. You know, absolutely. Um, and and in some cases, you know, it has cost them um, their jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, we're dealing with situations now speaking up for uh, racial injustice um, just yeah. within the NFL. Yeah. Well, they weren't speaking up, but taking a, a, a mm-hmm. kneeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to go there. You know, yeah. it has cost um, two players yep. their job. And that's the price mm-hmm. that you pay for something that you believe in. Right. And that's mm-hmm. why this matter, you know, you count the calls, you know. So a lot of what I do, I have to count the calls in the sense where, you know what, this because I'm speaking up and I'm um, leading this organization. There's some people that are not going to invite me into those spaces, you know? And so you count that calls, you know, that um, I may not be able to work in another church again because nobody uh, wants someone that's leading this type of ministry on their staff, you know? Um, So you count that cost and it comes with the heavy burden in the sense where, your family may not understand. Sure. You know, Um, and and so I think, you know, that's something that, you know, that I I want you guys that are those that are listening Mm -hmm. um, to know that this work comes with the cost. And uh, we as activists, we carry that, um, that burden sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, we, we need each other in those spaces. And that's why I'm all about, we all have different voices yeah. and we have right. we have different approaches, but you would never yeah. see me tearing another activist down, yeah. you know, right. or speaking against, you know, right. um, because how God has called you may be different than how God has called me, but we need yeah. each other. We need to support each other, right. even when we disagree with one another. Right. And so right. I think that's mm-hmm. um, something that's important that I want to just throw out there for free. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, and then and then the literal yes. cost, there's there are broken relationships. Yes. Right. Yes. And and I wasn't doing and saying the things I am now. 20 years ago when I started in vocational ministry and this book isn't actually part of my day job, but Mm. because people see what I'm doing and saying I've lost donors um, because Mm. I raised my support for my ministry job and I have had um, lots of emails and conversations around what is perceived as something that is outside the gospel Right. And, right. and, you know, it's heartbreaking to yeah. have those conversations with people you've had longstanding relationship with. Right. And, and then you add that layer of money, mm-hmm. it gets really, yeah. really messy. And, yeah. and, um, and even, funny. right. And even that label and like activist, it's not something that I would necessarily have called myself and right and because that it carries all sorts of connotations yes yes and and I had to have a couple of talks with people who were like no that is what you are and that is what you're doing and I was like oh yeah I I hardly ever used the word either (laughs) 
<laughs> I've never used the word. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it, uh, and especially in, I, you know, I'm just going to say it, in white evangelical spaces. Yes. Being yeah. an activist isn't going to win you friends. Right. Um, mm. It actually raises a lot of suspicion <laughs> and question about your faith. Yes. And when you're coming in it, trying to raise support for something else that you're doing, mm-hmm. it's real. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Right. 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 And Tiffany, I know you have another question and I want to <laughs> give you space. You're agreeing really hard. Yes. <laughs> I know agreeing so hard. Um, so we were talking about, you mentioned um, finding your allies and your advocates. And I love the part in your book where you talk about the circles in your real life and you have, mm-hmm. how you have your people. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of us who, um, I am mixed race and in a primarily white evangelical community, you know, starting to speak out in the past few years about these things. And I'm trying to find my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of have maybe things I, I comments I'll say with friends I'm close with kind of test their reactions, but yeah. like, how, do, how would you encourage people to find and, and curate that group of close people that they can be vulnerable with and, and um, go to for support when they are facing backlash? How, how can yeah. they find those people? <laughs> yeah, exactly what you're doing, right? It's, it's hard. Um, uh, I wish that we were actually little kids uh, in a playground or a sandbox and kind of like, can I have your bucket? Do you want to play with my shovel? Hey, let's build a sandcastle together, you know? And, and, um, and I think it, it's hard as adults to make friends. It's hard. And so I would say you're doing exactly what you need to do, which is, you know, you test the waters and you, you say something and you kind of gauge the reaction and you really are fishing for information and not only drop statements, but ask questions of people and things that can be really benign. Like, what are you reading? (laughs) What TV shows are you watching? Hey, have you heard of this movie, Crazy Rich Asians, that opens tomorrow? Are you going to go see that? You know, so kind of trying to um, tease out where people are at and what they're interested in and how much do they want to know you. And I think Mm. um, and I think it takes time. And I'm, you know, Tiffany, I'm in a, a very white suburb. Uh, and we just left our very white evangelical church and mm. feel a little um, unmoored and a little like we're just floating about trying to figure out uh, yeah. where is our group of in real life Christian friends. And I think that's the hard thing is that we have friends who are scattered all over the country, friends who have moved out of the area, but like people that we see on a weekly basis right now, we are craving that. We are, we are so longing for that. And, um, and I don't think it's um, beyond us to be praying for that. Mm-hmm. I think, right. It's, it's one of those things that I often forget 
but remember praying for, for my children, like when they started school, like, God, would you just give them like some good friends, some good friends. Right. And I think we should probably be praying for that for one another, especially in um, these times where we can feel connected virtually. Mm -hmm. But I think that uh, we need people who are there with us physically and then even in the virtual spaces how can we really curate and that's not really the word I'm looking for how can we (laughs) right how can we foster real relationship online yeah and what does that look like um Mm -hmm. and so you know here's the miracle of Facebook live and all the fun technology that I want to ask you all about later but um, Mm -hmm. I have I have friends I have a dear friend in California Um, uh, and we get together for virtual wine night because we're never, I mean, we're rarely in the same place together, but to be able to at least every couple of weeks say, Hey, let's hop on. And we are going to sit in the corner and talk and pray. And I think those are some of the things that I have found that is needed, um, for us. And so, you know, and again, Tiffany, I feel you. Like it, it's so vulnerable to be like, will you be my friend? Yeah. Well, and in some instances, it's friends that I've already had. I mm-hmm. became a mom um, two years ago, and and I have a lot of good mommy friends in the church that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't talked about this side of myself with all right. of them. Right. And um, there has been mixed reactions as I've tried mm-hmm. uh, to sort of gently wade into those waters because mm-hmm. I realized I needed to stop hiding that part of myself yeah. from, from my closest friends and I needed to find people I could bring my whole self to. Right. Um, and that's, you know, I, I appreciate what you said about, about testing and I think it still applies to people you kind of already know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, to see where they're at on some of these things. You might have a sense for it, but sometimes they can surprise you one way or the other. Yes. And that can be, again, going back to maybe being costly. Yeah. Um, but maybe being worth it for the ones you do, you do really find. Right. Yes. Right. Right. And it's, you know, again, I think it's the whole finding friendships, establishing friendships as adults is hard. It's really hard. It's hard. This is good. Well, we're going to do one more question and then we're going to open it up. If you have questions, if you're listening and you have questions for Kathy as it relates to uh, raise your voice and uh, why we stay silent and how to speak up. And I think this applies, you know, to the work of racial justice, but it also uh, applies to, you know, um, the Me Too movement, the Church Too movement. It applies to you going in there and speaking up and asking for that raise or stepping out and doing some of the things that God has placed in your heart to do. So I think there's a lot of practical um, um, just nuggets in this book. So we want you to go and order this book um, and support um, um, the work that Kathy has been called to and um, just the the important work that she brings um, to the body. And I think for me, um, for me, what I'm just 
I just thought about this. Yeah. One of the moments that just really stood out to me that really inspired me uh, was when we spoke at Voices Conference together and you um, kind of closed um, the, the weekend out. And when I looked up, I saw you standing there and you kind of told your story and kind of like your parents' story of um, coming um, to the States and, you know, um, and, and your journey. Um, and you shared that. And, and then when I saw just this line of, um, you know, Asian American students, you know, um, you know, I think they were Korean American, Chinese American. It was like yeah. everyone, like because they saw a representation of of their mm -hmm. voice and their story, yeah. um, they saw themselves in you. And I saw that line, and I saw some of the girls crying mm -hmm. um, as they were standing there and wanting to talk with you. And I mean, I was like, my God, like we need to lift up the voices of all, you know. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, minorities in this country, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just like, it, it shouldn't be a strange thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. it shouldn't, right. it shouldn't be something new where it's like, I've never heard, you know, um, a Korean American speak, you know, yes. with such yep. power. Yep. Um, it should be the norm because you're out there. Yeah. You know, you're out there. And right. so, I'm glad that we had this opportunity to, to lift your voice and um, just to put you before um, the community of Be The Bridge. And you talk about this work being ongoing. Um, mm -hmm. It's a lifestyle. Um, just mm -hmm. share, uh, just give maybe just three things that you want people to be left with. And then I want you to talk about how you take care of yourself because we know this work is difficult. Yes. So um, yes. I know you've inspired me as far as the face masks and all, <laughs> the, <laughs> and all the things like it's that. And, um, the yoga. I'm not good at the yoga. I look crazy. But um, I know you're a yoga instructor. But if you could just kind of leave people with three things and then talk to them about how um, mm -hmm. you kind of take care of yourself in this hard space. Sure. Okay, wait. What's the first part you want me to say? Talk okay, about. yeah, let me do the first. We'll do the one, <laughs> number one. Just leave, just leave them with maybe one or two nuggets um, yeah. and how um, how you finding your voice is ongoing yes. and that it's something that is not like a beginning and an end, right. but the things you're learning are just maybe two nuggets that sure. um, people can take away from this conversation. Yeah. Um, we uh, are not born fully formed. Right. We're still um, we learn how to communicate, walk. There are so many different developmental stages. And even as we are adults, we enter into different seasons and stages of life. Um, and and with each season, with each stage, there are new things that we have to learn and things that we thought we learned that have to relearn again. And I think that that is what this work is. And it's always, um, and it's hard too, because when we say like this work, it sounds so ambiguous and, yeah. and right, like, ooh, but really it, it's the work of the gospel. I keep yeah. telling people that I don't do this so that um, we just create trouble for trouble's sake, but right. that it's always pointing to the fact that this is not the way it's supposed to be. Yes. yes. And there is a better way. Mm. 
And that is only going to come with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when people say yes to Jesus, our lives should be different. We should be living differently. And part of that is we've got to call out this BS. We've got to call out the hate and the racism and the sexism. We've got to call it. And um, and that this isn't politics. It can be political. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about party politics. Right. But right. definitely um, when we say we are in the world but not of the world. Mm-hmm. I think this is part of that work. Yes. Well, how yes. are we going to impact the world that God has put us in? Like we are here physically. Are we mm. supposed to just wait it out until heaven? No. We're like this. We're supposed to live out something that is different. So that's what I want to tell people is that this work that we're doing is gospel. Work. Yes. Yes. Um, and and um, because it's work and we are physical bodies, um, I, yes, the whole face mask, I'm all about taking care of our uh, skin and, um, and those, those women that you saw lining up, most of them were not students. We just look really young. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? <laughs> we look super young. <laughs> that is the benefit about having melanin in your skin. I love You're it. Just a little bit. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the gray hair takes a little more work, so I got to work on that. But um, I I want to encourage people to take care of their physical bodies um, as part of the discipline of being aware of our spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. And I um, have said this uh, to many of us who are in this work, mm-hmm. that it takes a toll on you spiritually and physically. And so um, I became a a certified yoga instructor in part because I find that that physical practice actually helps me connect very much with what's going on emotionally and spiritually. Um, I I think that uh, we can too easily think that we're taking on the world Mm -hmm. and there will always be something to respond to always. And so we need to have some discernment and have people who will not only say things to us, like get off the phone or get off social media or go on vacation, but also people who will empower and encourage us and maybe even make us do that. (laughs) Right. And, and uh, because the beauty of social media is that I have met so many people and been able to have so many new friends. The hard thing is to be able to pull myself away and disconnect from the space that is always going to have, uh, it's always, there's always something new to respond to. Right? Right? Every day. day. And sometimes every moment, it's like, Mm -hmm. what? What? Yes. Um, and so I think there are some things that we need to do, like turn off the no- notifications yes, on your phone yes. right? and um, put it on silent. I think we need to, I know I need to turn it off more yeah. often. Um, yeah. I think we need to be aware of how we're exercising and not exercising. Mm-hmm. I think we need to practice um, taking deep breaths. 
and, um, and being still in a world that does not value stillness or silence. Mm. Um, and I think even in our churches, we are guilty of that. Um, there's yeah. always something, right? There's like someone's praying, but there's music playing in the back. Mm. Right? Yeah. right. And when we're exiting the sanctuary or wherever we're meeting, there's music yeah. playing yeah. in the back. Mm. And even that, I feel like there's this like pushing and making us feel something in our bodies mm. so that we actually don't know what's going on. Mm. And so, um, so yeah. breathe a little, get mm. your sleep, drink lots of water. Um, and have some fun. Yes. Because I think that this work is so, I mean, it's serious because it's life and death, right? Yeah. But have some fun. And so, you know, I'm going to go see Crazy Rich Asians at least three times because I know that there are problems (laughs) with the movie. You know, at at some point I'm like, wow, these tickets are really expensive. So there's the reality to that. But yeah. I figured, like, I saw Black Panther three times, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, right? so I'm going to give Crazy Rich Asians three times and <laughs> laugh about it and enjoy it, even though there are all sorts of things that are problematic about the movie. I get it, but I just, yeah. can I just have some fun? Yeah, really? can we just 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 go and enjoy, enjoy the movie? Right. Let's not d- dissect it right now. Right. Let's just go right. and enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> I want to dissect it later, but right now, yeah. just I told go my boys. It. Right, I told my boys like I really want to see it with you because look, like the Asian dude, he gets the girl, <laughs> and the Asian dude, he's easy on the eyes. So yeah. you know, and I know that's all problematic and. That kind of stuff. But I think also in this space, we need yes. to be able to have fun and be yes. joyful. Yes, yes. And I know that's something when when I was last with you, uh, you know, we were having lunch and you, <laughs> you were like, how do you have fun? Are you taking yeah. care of yourself? You know, yeah. all those things. And I'm like, yes, Kathy, um, I finally got a trainer. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> You know, all these, all these things. So um, I appreciate your voice and Mm -hmm. thank you so much for um, just gracing us with your presence. And we have a few minutes. I didn't see any questions. Um, Tiffany, did you see any questions? I didn't see. I saw some great comments, but no questions. Okay. Okay. So we, we have a question for you. When are you going to go buy um, Kathy's book? And so (laughs) you're going to go buy that um, tonight at your bookstore or on Amazon or wherever you Mm -hmm. frequent. Um, Yeah. And so, and if you're not following Kathy um, on social media, on all the social medias, um, we can post that um, information there to um, to follow her. Um, And as, as Kathy would say, follow with caution, you know, Yep. That's not what yep. I tell people, you know, yep. sometimes I'm going to say things that you love and sometimes I'm going to mm. say some things that I need to say yes. um, because they need to yeah. be said. Yes. And so, um, and it may not make you feel good, you know, right. Um, right. but, um, but thank you guys for joining us. And, you know, this is a great 
opportunity. You know, Kathy's a part of the this Be the Bridge family, and um, you know this this work can be exhausting. So I know that a lot of people they peek their head in and out of this group of twenty thousand people um, <laughs> from time to time, um, but they're like, ah, oh, nah, nah. <laughs> Like, uh, I can't do it today, you know, but thank you so much for um, lending your voice and, and creating this resource and tool that we can use to um, become um, better mm-hmm. advocates in the spaces that we're in. And so um, I think someone said they saw Black Panther um, three <laughs> yeah. times. And she said that, listen, she said that she's in Cambodia and it's only three dollars. What? For 3D? Yes, cool. $3 wow. for 3D. That sounds cool. 3D hurts my eyes, but um, that $3, I mean, I may have to bring some some shades or something for that one. <laughs> but, um, um, and, and then um, Faith just posted um, on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Miss Kathy Kang, um, that's right. on there. And so you can follow her there. Um, but thank you so much, Kathy. And thank you, the um, all of you who stayed up. I think we're going to do these calls, um, the Facebook Lives that we do once a month. We've actually had two this month. Yeah. Um, we have another one coming up next month. But uh, we try to do them monthly, but we had two this month. And some months we may have to. Um, sometimes I'll do them, and then sometimes I may pull someone else in um, to do them with me or to have them do them um, by themselves. But uh, we just, this is a way of really spreading awareness in our community about people who are in our community. And so we really want to keep it. Um, keep this message with about our community and how it relates to our community um, as we grow. Um, And so hopefully guys, you can get this tool and you can use it um, within your be the bridge groups and, um, Mm -hmm. and within your, um, the spaces that you're in. So um, she she said, someone said, I literally just walked out of Bible study (laughs) at my church. What were you doing listening to us at Bible study at your church, Lord, Lord. She's been commenting the whole time from Bible study. Yes, she has been in Bible study at her church. How many? I'm going to tell everybody at your church. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm so glad you were listening while you're in between amens and in between scripture reading. So so thank you uh, so much. Um, Kathy and Tiffany, if you can hold on, we're going to end the broadcast with everyone else. And then... um, If you guys can hold on. Normally, if I forget to say that, everybody (laughs) bails out. Just leave. (laughs) So anyway, we'll post this in all the groups and um, so that everyone can see it. Um, You guys have a good night. Thanks. Bye, Lauren. Go back to your Bible study. Thank you for listening to this Be The Bridge production. For more bridge building resources, visit our website at bethebridge.com.